You're listening to an open book podcast. I'm Sarah Lynn, your guide to getting visible online, fellow bookworm, and Elon Musk superfan. In these episodes, I'm opening up all kinds of business and personal growth books to share their best insights and ideas with you. You'll also hear each week the candid stories of other entrepreneurs as they open up about what it's really like to start and grow a business that aligns with your purpose. If you're open to learning both practical and mystical approaches for getting there, you're in the right place and I'll see you on the inside. Welcome back to another episode of an open book podcast. Today I'm opening up with you about a decision, a kind of a hard decision I had to make last week around my beyond the book book club that I absolutely loved. And that was the decision not to move forward with it, um, at least for the time being. So a couple things played into that decision that I thought I would share with you um, today. And then I would also share a couple of lessons learned that I'm so grateful for and I would have not learned had I not pursued this idea. And this is something that's beyond the book idea. And for those of you who may not know, in April, I believe, I started a book club called the Beyond the Book Book Club. And the whole intent was to go through marketing, business, personal growth books as a group, and then talk about how to actually take action in our own lives and implement the ideas that we were learning about. Because I was also just as guilty of reading so many amazing books, so many helpful books, so many books that I have said are life-changing. And then I go back and I think, well, exactly what did I do from that? And most of the time, it was just like a life-changing idea, or I would say that it was life-changing, but it, it could have been had I actually taken action on it or taken action on it consistently. So that was really the, the, the fuel. It wasn't just your average book club where we're going to discuss the ideas, but it was really how to take it beyond the book. And it was something that I have been thinking about for over a year and a half, which is just so crazy. And I'm going to get to that lesson learned in just a second. Um, but yeah, I had thought about it forever and it was just like, gosh, well, what if nobody signs up or how would I actually do this? Like, I don't know, like, what would it be worth for people to, to get out of, to find value in? It can't just be discussing the book. It has to be something else. So, and I don't know what that is. Right. So I circled and circled and circled and circled. And I had a conversation with, uh, actually a former podcast guest on here, Dana Evans, who has her own tuning in podcast about how to get in touch with your inner voice. And I had had a talk with her. I think it was after our podcast recording, actually. 
Um, and I'll have to put in the show notes what episode that was, but she, um, she would just kind of got me talking about it and was just like, well, why can't you get that started now? Well, why can't you do this? We'll just make it easy. And, and she's like, so are you telling me that, you know, even if, you know, you were only making $50 or a hundred dollars, it wouldn't be worth that to read a book and to, to share it and discuss it. So, uh, she was, she was one of the people that just kind of helped me just, just, yeah, just get it going. Just see what happens. Just try, try it out. So, um, so, I, so I did, I ended up putting it out there and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I had a, a I had a lot of fun kind of putting together the book recaps, the book bundles, creating the, the questions and the additional information, additional resources that complemented the book posting those inside the Facebook group. And then I did love our, we had bi, uh, bi-monthly, let's see, twice monthly group calls where we would get together as a group. And that was a favorite of the group as well. So we did a little networking. What's everybody up to? How does the book, what are we learning? How does it apply to what is going on in your life and your business and where you want to go, who you want to be, what do you want to have? And um, we also had guest experts each month to come in on a complimentary topic. So like the last month we were reading Profit First, which was so good, so uh, action-packed, all kinds of things we needed to take action on about how to manage our money. So we invited Jen Gittermer in, who is a um, sales coach for women, to talk about how to bring in more money so we have more money to manage. And so that was just an example of that. So I always really enjoyed those, and I know the group did as well. So there was a lot going on, and there was a lot of fun things. And I never really officially launched it, I guess, or, or put a lot of effort into getting people to sign up each month. And so, um, it just, it wasn't maybe growing like I thought it was in part or thought it would. And part of that is because I felt like I was still figuring out what worked because from the first month to five months later, uh, when I closed it, a lot had changed. So it started out as like a private Instagram group. I ended up moving the group onto Facebook, I think two months in, just because as much as I don't want to check another Facebook group, the the Facebook group platform is just more conducive for actually building a community where the leader isn't the bottleneck. Because yes, I could post a question and then people could comment and comment on each other, but it was always, it could only come through me. Whereas when we were in the group, people could post questions, they could, um, and then when somebody, you know, answered a question or posted another question under a post, like that would get put back up to the, the top of the feed. So we could all re-engage in that conversation that maybe was from a week ago, which just doesn't happen on Instagram. So, um, I ended up moving that and some additional things changed with how many times we talked and what time and so some things changed and um I kept thinking gosh I haven't nailed it I just haven't nailed it yet five months into it I still just hadn't got it perfect yet so I don't want to launch it all the all these people are still just kind of I'm just I'm just practicing right I'm just trying to figure it out it's just an experiment until I get it to where I want to go and then I will talk about it more then I'll be ready right oh my gosh how many of how many of you have said that 
you said that before, I'm sure. I said that, I've said that about a lot of things. So that's probably lesson one is I could have I could have gone ahead and promoted it in a bigger way and quote unquote launched it in a bigger way. And I, if I win, I do it again and I am going to do it again. I'm going sh- to share why I closed it for right now in just a second. But when I do it again, um, what I'm going to, what I think I'm going to do is have a launch, open it up maybe once a quarter, uh, maybe once every four months because because it is a monthly reoccurring membership to to think about also promoting it each month um was a little overwhelming for me too so I'd be like oh my gosh and I haven't really promoted it because I've been too busy getting ready for it so next time I do it and this might be I don't know this might be some helpful insight as you think about if you're thinking about your own membership and how to set it up and open it or close it or whatever it might be, the the um, the advice that I have gotten from the courses and the experts that I've listened to on memberships has been to open and close it for this very reason because it's hard to really pour into and just take amazing care of the people that are already in the membership while at the same time each month trying to get more people in. So I totally understand why people open and close it. Totally can even understand like opening it once a year, twice a year. Um, and even, you know, that, cause that, that can be a lot. So just something to think about as if you're, if you're also thinking about a membership or have one and, and maybe kind of that, that question of like, should I close it? How often should I open it? If I close it, um, maybe some something in there might be helpful for you. So I ended up closing it sadly um, because for a couple of reasons. One, my son started back to virtual school. We're here in Louisville, Kentucky. And so for at least the next six weeks, now five weeks, we are 100% virtual five days a week, pretty full days from nine to about 2.30. And Originally, I thought, oh, I'll put him in front of the computer, the laptop, the iPad, get him in front of his virtual class, let him do his virtual work, and I'll be able to do some stuff while he's doing that in the background. And day one was an eye-opener that that just is not going to be the case. Was not going to be the case. It is not going to be the case. The case. Like we need to log into meetings. We need to log into different platforms for the work and watch different videos and he's in first grade. So maybe if he was in fifth grade, maybe that might be a different story, but it just, it just, the, it just wasn't going to happen. Right. And so I was like, okay, wow. My schedule is now, um, very different. So, um, I really need to streamline what I'm doing and look at what, uh, look at what I'm offering, how long it's taking me, um, how does it fit into my overall ecosystem for my business? Does it lead to something bigger, to another offer? Is it part of a funnel somehow? 
And, and sadly, and this is my fault completely, I had created this book club that was just kind of standalone. And I kept saying, I'm going to figure out how this fits into the rest of it. But for right now, I'm having so much fun. I'm loving connecting, especially in this time of Corona where I'm not getting out a lot. Um, this is really fun to have something that I, that I offer and I get to make a little bit of money from it. And then I get to be on these calls regularly talking about books, my favorite thing, personal development, business, marketing books. Um, with other awesome high vibing business owners. And so I just, I was having a blast and I didn't really have to think about where's this going? How does this fit? And then when my time all of a sudden kind of got restructured and priorities needed to shift a little bit, or I needed to make some priorities, um, that unfortunately just did not have a place in in, 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 in the marketing, uh, marketing business ecosystem that aligned with other things. And so the other lesson learned when I bring this back in the future, um, is going to, I'm going to need to, and I don't have the answer yet. And if I did, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have closed it, but I'm going to have to think about how to, how to reformat it and, you know, look at, you know, who am I attracting and what do they need? What could be the next thing for them? Whether it's more um, intensive help with their own marketing plan, whether it's one-on-one, you know, personal branding, marketing mentorships that I have, or is there something else, you know, how does it, how does the book club feed into the rest of my business? Because as much as I love it, um, regardless if my son's in virtual school or not, um, it's really probably the smartest decision to think about how to make it work with everything else going on rather than it just being like this standalone kind of fun thing, which, which it could have been if that was the intention. But when it started, it started off as like, oh, I really want to do this. And then this is going to be like a gateway to other things. And that gateway to other things just, just didn't happen. So that'll be something else that I'll, I'll have to think about when I bring it back. If, if when I bring it back and I, I would hope to in, 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 in some way in the future. So that might be another thing for you to think about if you're starting your membership too. I have another friend um, who has a membership um, and hers really strategically and easily aligns with her coaching program. So the topics that she talks about are really, um, are exactly what her audience wants to hear. She's attracting in potential, like the right people, um, who maybe just want to get to know her a little bit more before they upgrade to a one-on-one package with her or maybe a, a program package with her, a group program package with her in the future. And so this is such a great way to do that. And then if they don't, it's a great way to serve, um, it's a great way to serve the people that maybe aren't ready for that, but maybe maybe could be in the future. So I felt like I was kind of lacking that that strategy part, like that next step, right? So that's something for you. Um, and then, you know, the last thing that I'll share is as much as I loved it, I loved the calls. I loved working with the guest expert to get that scheduled, to you know, nail down topics and questions that we would get into and, and uh, actually host the interview, host the group calls, right? 
but it's the, the, the other, some of the other things started to get heavy, like the, uh, book recap and discussion question packet and where I'd add additional resources. And, you know, I maybe made it more difficult than it had to be. And so, um, Oh, and that, that was something else I forgot to mention too. In the very beginning, the first, I think two months, maybe three, um, I also had a book recap private podcast. Um, and then I ended up doing away with that and adding in the group expert to replace that because nobody was listening to it. it it's like, if you wanted, there was just nothing that I could could say in a short amount of time that would be really impactful. And then if it got to be too long. It's like, well, gosh, you might as well just listen to the audio <laughs> audiobook, right? But I would never have known that. Like in the beginning, I'm like, oh my gosh, private podcast, book recap, going to make it so easy. <laughs> Love it. Um, so, you know, you don't know until you know, until you do it. So there's that. Um, but some of the other things just started to feel really heavy. So, you know, moving forward, um, again, if when something happens with the book club, it gets, it gets back, brought back to life or some version of it, or maybe some, even some other kind of membership, um, thinking about how to make that monthly, I mean, it kind of is a hamster wheel, that monthly hamster wheel sustainable and how to keep up with it without getting stressed out and without it becoming super heavy and a burden. So I've heard about this before. You know, I know that it, um, it can be a lot to keep up with each month. A month goes really fast and you can think, oh my gosh, I feel like I just put together this past month's materials and oh my gosh it's already time to start putting together the previous or the the next months um so i know there's memberships that make it really easy and don't have a ton of things to put together others have a lot of things that you get a lot of whether it's photos or graphics or templates or discussion questions, booklets, workbooks, whatever it might be. And that stuff does take time. And that may be an awesome piece of your membership and what your people are coming for. And so you want to make sure that you're providing that. And it may just not need to be created by you, or you may not need to create every piece of it. Maybe you put it in a Word document and then work with a graphic designer to help you actually put it together visually. Or maybe you, you know, voice memo over what you want, how you want it to look like, and then you partner with somebody to help you actually, you know, whether it's a virtual assistant or a graphic designer or, you know, somebody else to help you put it together. But the, the point is like, maybe you need to bring in some help. Maybe I need, maybe I need to bring in some help the next round, um, depending on what is actually necessary, what people get value out of. And if it feels heavy, it starts to feel heavy and unsustainable. Um, but it's a great piece of the membership. How can I maybe bring in some help. So that's another thing to think about. And then the last thing is, you know, I had had a membership on a pedestal for years. I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, a membership would be so fun. 
you get to switch it up every month. It's reoccurring revenue. And yes, I know I'm going to have to get a lot of people in to make it worth it, but I think I can do that at like at this price point. And, and I just thought, oh my gosh, this would just be like exactly what I want. And you know, the only reason why I'm not saying, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to do it. I just got to retweak it is I don't have an answer yet. And I think it's just in such an individual, like even if I said it's not for me, doesn't mean that it wouldn't be for you. But now I'm at a point where, you know, I had a membership for, for five months. So I don't know. I think I have a pretty good idea of what it takes. And now I'm kind of questioning and I don't have an answer and I'm not questioning like, oh, because it's not the right thing or it's not a, a good opportunity, but I'm just taking the time to ask the question to reflect on, is that for me? Is that that continuous month after month content creation, you know, uh, setting up calls, how, whatever it looks like doing something every month, is that what I want to do? It very well might be, but I had put it on a pedestal for so long that I didn't even think about it not being an option and something else being an option. Um, One thing that I have really enjoyed, and I I didn't know that I would as much as I did, is my 21-day Instabrand program where we build a personal brand leveraging all the tools and features and the power of Instagram. And I had originally launched it um, in November 2019. At the time of this recording, just a few weeks ago, we wrapped up season two. And at the beginning of season two, I was like, I want to do this because it's already there. Um, But I don't know, do I want to keep doing it after season two? Like, let me do another kind of experiment test run. And I enjoyed it so much. And I enjoyed having a beginning and an end. I enjoyed it being 21 days. I enjoyed the topic. I enjoyed the group that, again, the second group I attracted, so fortunate, was equally as awesome as the first one. And now I'm really looking forward to doing season three, which I'm planning on um, opening the doors for that for November 2020. And so um, now I'm kind of just, again, I'm just questioning. I'm just questioning. I don't know that I have any answers yet, but I'm thinking, you know, our courses, maybe there's an opportunity to do Instabrand, you know, more once a quarter maybe, and then maybe there's another type of program that has a start and a stop um, that I know we're going to go all in. We're going to kind of sprint for 21 days or I don't know, whatever it is, eight weeks, whatever. And then it's going to end. And then I'll just, you know, take the next few months and get ready for the launch of it again, but only really halving to tweak and hone and improve the marketing and the launch and not necessarily keep creating new content and new material, right? So now I'm like, I don't know, is it is is the course maybe and maybe it's all the things, right? Maybe it's all the court things. Maybe it's done for you, maybe it's one-on-one, maybe it's the course, maybe it's a membership and just figuring out how how to kind of manage all that and 
how it all aligns. Maybe it's just one single funnel. People go from one thing to one thing. So I don't know what that looks like. And I don't have a lot of answers, but these, I have a lot of questions. And so I wanted to share that with you. Um, in case specifically you were thinking about a membership or were in the middle of your own membership. And, um, and then also just maybe it's, you're working on something else. And um, I had shared this week on my Instagram and I want to share it here with you because when I closed it, um, I had several members of the book club just say, and I hadn't thought about it, but just say that they thought it was really cool that I recognized, you know, this wasn't working for me. Um, they enjoyed it. They enjoyed, uh, you know, the whole group and really enjoyed each other. And that was what made it extra sad to close. Um, but, you know, that they understood and they just kind of were in, inspired by or felt it felt like it was kind of um, a relief to know that like you could start something and then you could quit something and nobody died. No. Nothing terrible happened. So, um, and I do think that for the most part, I am pretty good about viewing things as experiments versus like, okay, I've made up my mind and now this has to work and I'm going to force it until it does. Um, I do think that, you know, you don't want to quit too early, right? You don't want to there, there's probably a little bit of a mix of, of, of both in there, of that, of both types of mindsets in there. But, you know, treating it as an experiment and that it may or may not, you know, meet your the hypothesis that you gave it. It may or may not live up to the guess that you thought it was going to be. Um, and also, I feel like when you treat it as an experiment, it's it becomes less about you as a person and more about the thing. And it just is an experiment. You're the scientist. You're, you're testing it. You're seeing what works. And it's not if it doesn't work or if it's not what you thought it was or it doesn't match, you know, with how you want to live your life, spend your days. Um, it doesn't mean that you failed as a person, that something's wrong with you as a person, that you're not good at whatever it is you do, it just means like that project was an experiment and it did or did not live up to its hypothesis. Um, and what I was sharing earlier was I shared this, I shared this post about the science of selling on social media, but it can be applied to this as well, where, you know, we think of science, some, at least for me, sometimes I, I forget that science really is just testing and experimenting and forming guesses and then seeing what actually works, looking at the data, adjust, adjusting as needed. And I think of it more as like the science of, like this is the truth, this is how to do it. And it's not at all. And I'm reading, um, I, I'm reading again, uh, I do this sometimes, but I'm reading this book called E Squared by Pam Grout, Nine Do-It-Yourself Energy Experiments That Prove Your Thoughts Create Your Reality. This is a, re- it's a really fun book. She has a great sense of humor, 
kind of law of attraction, um, how powerful we are as, as humans, our energy, our mindsets. Um, if you're into any of that, she is, it was an awesome read. It was woo, but also funny. Um, and she shared, um, how kind of the, this science, like her definition or her process of a, a scientific method, and she goes through these six steps, and I'm going to share them with you. And I, I shared them in that post, but um, around selling. But like I said, it can be applied to any project you're thinking of doing, where you one state a question, like, "Will this book club work?" or "Do people want this course?" or "Will my one-on-one coaching offer sell?" Is this a good idea? Right. So you have a question. And then you collect information as step two. So you have a question, collect information. So this is where, you know, setting up market research calls before you create a membership, before you create a course, before you put together your one-on-one offer. I am a ginormous advocate of these market research calls. So, 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 so valuable. Um, That, you know, that does take some time to get those calls set up, to spend time, you know, getting your questions together on the call asking the questions. Um, There's also, you know, just doing research, maybe inside of Facebook groups, maybe inside of Amazon, three-star, two-star reviews. Like what are people saying was not good or what they wish they had more of or knew more about, Um, you know, seeing what people are saying, what questions they have in Facebook groups and what type of um, responses that you're seeing and where there might be a gap that you could help fill. Um, what are people on your own feed saying? So when you ask a question, and this is another reason why I love Instagram, you have the sticker question, you have the poll question, uh, or the the poll sticker. Um, you can get simple information, simple feedback back on things that you want to know about. You know, do you prefer this or that? Would you would you want this or that? Or what's your biggest challenge? You know, things like that you get really easily on your own platforms, but collecting that information. And then step three is forming a hypothesis. So this might be, okay, based on that, I think that this specific offer is going to work. The way that it's set up, the 21 days, the fact that it's on Instagram in my case, or I think this book club is going to work and I'm going to make it a membership each month or, okay, this is what all my one-on-one package is going to include, or this is what my done for you services is going to include. And you form a hypothesis based on collecting that information. And then step four is testing the hypothesis. So then putting it out, you know, and testing the hypothesis for, for us with majority of us having these online businesses or marketing them online um, is going to be a test of the offer itself and then of the marketing message itself. Because just because something maybe doesn't meet that hypothesis that you had set out that, oh, this will sell or my goal is to sell 20 of these or set up five of these a month, whatever it might be, and that doesn't happen, it doesn't necessarily mean your hypothesis on the offer was off, it might just be that your messaging is off or, you know, vice versa, or, or it could be very well both. But for us in this world, we're going to have two 
tests that we're going to have to do, right? The marketing message and the offer. And then step five is to record the data and then to study the data. So what worked? What didn't? How many leads did you get? How many sales calls did you set up? How many people visited your landing page? How many people opted in on the wait list? And then how many people signed up? How many people booked? How many people bought? And then looking at that and just because, you know, quote unquote, only five people signed up, Let's look at the data, right? Well, how many people got to the sales page? Um, what was the conversion rate then on the sales page? It might be an excellent conversion rate. Um, it might be excellent compared to, you know, the amount of people on your email list or your followers or, you know, so sometimes we can get disappointed with the results when in reality, they're actually amazing results. And so maybe the work isn't on then you know, the conversion, it's okay, we got to get a bigger audience. So let's focus on that now. Or maybe it is, we got to focus on the conversion. But again, treating it just like an experiment. What's, what's working, what's not, looking at the data. And it doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean anything about you. You're just getting information. You're getting data about your marketing message, about your product, and then looking at ways to improve different spots. Maybe there's some leaky spots along that process. And I have had those same challenges and had to look at the same thing. And then the last step is to draw conclusions. So what does that mean? Again, and I I guess I kind of skipped ahead in this, but what does that mean then? Does it mean looking at the data is something off with your messaging or is something maybe off with the offer? Um, is it that you need to get more to grow your audience to get more people on your email list to get more people in your facebook community whatever it might be um what are the conclusions from that and then take action tweak improve from that place rather than sometimes we just give it this subjective like oh well that didn't work or i suck or i'm a failure i wasn't cut out for this and believe me i have done all of these things but i really really love this list and I have loved thinking of things as just an experiment and I love how she laid out these six steps so just to recap one is to state the question two is to collect the information three is to form the hypothesis or give it your best guess what do you think is going to work what do you think the outcome is going to be and then test that guess test the hypothesis look at Step five is to look and record the data. What is it? And then step six is to decide, okay, what does it mean? Draw conclusions. And so maybe there's something you're working on, a new offer, maybe a podcast, maybe a book idea. And I think it, it applies to, to all of this. All, the, all six steps can apply to any of those things. And so um, hopefully something in here, whether it's Pam's, six-step scientific method process or just some of my own lessons learned from opening and then closing a membership um, will be inspiring, will maybe give you permission just to get it started. 
Um, the, the last thing that I wanted to say, and I alluded to this in the beginning was that I had had this book idea for a really, really, really long time. And I just kept thinking about it. It took up, it took up space in my mind. You know, I say, I thought about it a lot. What would I do? And I don't know. I just was like, Oh, it'd be cool to have this. Like that that was really the thought. It, It was less like, nitty gritty details. It was like, oh, it'd be so cool to do this one day, one day, one day. So I just kept taking up space and I, I didn't know how to do it until I actually did it. So if there's something that you've been thinking about doing for a, a while, to maybe take it through this process, collect your data, form your best guess, um, do what you can to get the, the research and then get it out there because that's the only way you're going to know if it works or not, or if you enjoy it or not, or what works, what doesn't, what you could add, what could be different. And so hopefully um, that inspires you to just give it a try, to treat it like an experiment and it not mean anything about you. If you decide that you don't like it, or if it doesn't work in its current form, maybe there's a way to still make the concept work just in a different in a different way, a different method, a different a different platform, whatever it might be. So with that, if you're listening to this at the time of the recording on a Friday, have the best weekend ever. Whenever you're listening to this, though, have the best day ever. And I will see you back here on Monday for a super fun interview with Ashley Mondor, who is going to talk to us about Akashic Records. So we're getting a little woo, but it'll be really, really fun. Uh, so I'm excited and I'll see you back here on Monday. Thanks so much for hanging out today. It really is such an honor to get to hang out with you inside your earbuds as you go about your day, as you get ready for your morning, as you take your walk, your run, clean the house, whatever you might be doing. I know that there are a ton of podcast options out there, so it is not taken lightly that you chose to hit play on this one. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, be sure that you do right now because we have some awesome guest expert interviews in the queue coming your way. And as we speak right now, I'm working on getting some additional awesome podcast guests scheduled on topics that we have not covered yet. So we don't want you to miss out on those. Also, if you haven't already left a review and feel compelled to do so, it would not only mean the world to me, um, but when you send me a DM over on Instagram at sarahlynn.co that you did that, I'm going to send you back a gift with the um, how to land your first or next podcast guest guide interview. With that, have an awesome day and I will see you back here soon. Thank you.